everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Pond Podcast, the only podcast where we take a light dive into a myriad of topics. So for today, I'm your host, Ryan Almadine, and I am joined by Marshall Smith. Hello, everyone. Pleased to be here. And Ryan Wu. Hello. So uh, today we're going to be talking about AI. So I guess there, there's kind of a lot of things to talk about in this, but I'm just going to start off with a very general and vague question, uh, which is that how do you guys think that the dynamic with AI is going to change over our lifetime? Because obviously we're at a very interesting point in time where we don't really know how AI and automation is going to affect the future, but what do you guys think that future could theoretically look like? I mean, I think you can start by saying that like whether it's AI or just technology, that just banking, finance, just all money is going to be pretty virtual. I mean, not virtual, like just Bitcoin. Bitcoin, yeah. Cash, <laughs> cash is kind of disappearing, or it's at least going to be disappearing, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, you even have things now like, you know, what is it, the... Uh, Apple Pay or whatever, when you're at a supermarket, you can just, you know, tap your phone onto the thing and it'll transfer money. So it's not even, it's not even just removing cash, it's even removing credit cards to some extent, because it's just everything is purely digital. Oh, that like reminds in, me um, of this, this, oh, sorry, I don't nah, mean to nah, speak you over you, Ryan. There's this <laughs> go, Amazon go store that I'm not sure if it's been unveiled or not, but they, you, like, they know you're, they can recognize you, like, who you are when you walk in the store so you can just grab anything and go and they'll automatically charge you for it like it, it seemed kind of crazy to me oh i have heard about these actually it's really, really interesting i know i know they're they have some test locations that are open i don't think it's actually uh like fully released and public yet but but yeah I, i've seen these so pretty much like people just walk into the store with their you know phones or whatever that are signed into their amazon account and it'll just automatically detect that you're there and it'll detect anything, any item that you pick up or anything that you put back. Um, and I think Amazon that literally made a statement that was like, they're so certain that their system works that they actually are like encouraging people to try to like cheat the system and like steal things because they don't think it's actually possible. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Dang. there's literally, it's crazy because I, I, I saw a video actually of someone and it's just like, you walk in, he's carrying a backpack. He puts his backpack on the floor and then starts like shoveling things from the shelves into his backpack and then just walks out. It's like, you feel like you're stealing from the store, but that's how it's supposed to work, which I think is such a weird dynamic, you know, like. That's crazy because it also like eliminates crime because if anybody tries to rob the store, they'll just be charged. <laughs> they'll just bill you later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that, that also kind of connects, I guess, to a larger topic of just, uh, you know, privacy or lack thereof. Uh, because I think that as technology has advanced more and more, it's very clear that our privacy has, you know, gone way, way, way down. Uh, and whether or not that's a good thing or a bad right. thing is kind of opinionated. But I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like, what do you think are the... Is, do you think it's okay? Do you think it's worth it? Or do you think it's not not okay? I do have one more question, actually. Oh, yeah. What if course. you didn't have, an like, a credit card? You know what I'm saying? Like, what if you didn't have a credit card and you showed up to the Amazon store? 
Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm I sure feel they like have you would have personnel a credit card there. if you have Amazon. I'm sure they have personnel there if something is goes wrong or something. They they have people there, but just I'm assuming there's a lot less. That's another thing too. Actually, yeah, there's a lot less jobs there. I'm sure because there's no one working right. there. Yeah. There's no cashiers. There's no. There's probably like a manager and someone who restocks the shelves, but that's probably about it. Oh, they have those right. little um little robots that go around, right? <laughs> have you seen those? Do they actually? No, I haven't seen those. So so like oh really? I, I'm not sure if I've it's at the stores, those. but um at, at the warehouses they oh, have the warehouse they have yeah they have the random assortment of items, right? So they don't they don't organize it like you would think. They don't put um all similar items next to each other. For instance, they don't put a toothbrush next to a toothbrush. They put like a toothbrush really? next to like a cup, right? Like oh, I've random heard about items. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Cuz it's yeah. like if there's and, two okay. different types of toothbrushes like, that look pretty much the same, it's easier to pick out, you know, a toothbrush from a, you know, box of jars than it is to pick out a specific type of toothbrush from a box of slightly different toothbrushes. So it like cuts down time a lot to have it randomly assorted. Oh. Oh, is right. that the reason? Yeah. It's also, I, 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 never I mean, knew. you're probably more likely to buy a toothbrush if you're not, because if you <laughs> see a cup, you're going to, you want to buy a cup, like, you're not but, necessarily but it's, in, it's the in the market to buy a toothbrush. So it's, it's, yeah, not it's, in the, like, it's in the warehouse, it's not user. at the stores. Oh, it's in yeah. the warehouse, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, like when, my, no, no, yeah, sorry, we didn't, we didn't I just guess it was through the stores. Yeah. yeah. So like when you order something off of Amazon, then little robot will go through on its like designated optimal path and grab your toothbrush and your cup and then send it off for shipping. Oh, I see. I, I'm so sorry. I didn't interpret yeah, that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But go, going back to the your question about privacy, I think it depends on what it's for because I know some people, they freak out about like, oh my gosh, like say the government ha- or these companies have my information but, but I yeah. feel like a lot of times it's not exactly like they're trying to do something malicious to you because of that, you know? Yeah, I mean... So right. it's I like, why, why would they want your info besides selling It's like, oh, no, the FBI knows that I ate a, ate a hamburger today. Like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're going to yeah, send I mean, me ads for Oscar Mayer. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, that, again, I, I think really it's, a, it's a fine line between what's harmless privacy and what's you know like dangerous because i think a lot of that just comes from how transparent the people who have your information are about how they use it um right like facebook yeah right (laughs) 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 yes mark zuckerberg is an interesting man but i i guess what what i'm saying is is that it's it's sometimes really hard to tell how people are using your data. Um, and as such, do you think it, right. it's, are you the type of person who will go out of your way to make sure that the you know least amount of companies or services or whatever get your information? Or do you just trust that it will be used in a mature way? I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, I know that there's definitely some economic gain to having people's information, but it doesn't really directly involve me besides me seeing ads Every once in a while, unless though I do have ad block, so that's kind of clutch. Especially the ultimate on, like, counter. Yeah, <laughs> on YouTube, I get to skip through all the ads. Oh. But beyond that, I honestly don't really see that much concern personally, as long as I know it's like a 
reputable source, like a company, like Amazon, maybe. Mm. Though I don't really trust Amazon 100% either, so <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, I, I know that I'm not, like, important, and I'm just a normal person, right? And there's, like, millions of other people like me, so I know for a fact, like, I'm not a target, and right. no one's going to get anything from me. I don't know anything. I don't have any money, right? I don't have anything that anyone right. could take. So it's like, cool. At least for right now. <laughs> of course, of course, when I when I um, age and I, I start making money, then I guess I have some more stuff, right? Maybe I'll get a house or, right. or an apartment. Uh, maybe I'll have a credit card. You know, I'll have maybe. a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe. No, no money well, for you. you know. I mean, no, I have a car. You do not just, get money just Uber. ever in your life. Yeah, basically. Um, Yikes. <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go like Ron Swanson and just go crazy, right? <laughs> Start just destroy all my. Okay, for those of you guys who haven't seen gold under a tree. Parks and Rec, yeah, yeah, he, Ron, Ron is very rich, and he just takes all his money and turns it into gold, and then hides it in random places throughout town. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like the government either. Um, but he works for the government. It's a great show, by the way. You guys should watch Parks and Rec. Parks definitely. And Rec, yeah. I have watched definitely it. Just skip the first season. Don't, yeah, the first season's bother. pretty bad, but the rest of it kind of is, is The last great. season was bad. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so... <laughs> that's... <laughs> back, anyway. to the, back to the top. Anyway, um, I guess... Kind like, of on, yeah. on actually, on the topic of, of money that you were talking about, um, what, how do you guys think that technology and AI are going to impact the job market? Because... This is something that actually is very applicable to us because, you know, we are high school seniors. We're about to enter college. And after oh, that, we'll be, you know, so trying to get old. a job. Right. No, I mean, well, I, I'm curious to see what so you... So, like, what, how do you guys think that will impact the, I guess, job market and job availability for our generation? I mean... Um, well, I, I know for a fact that everyone has to have some experience in computer science. Like, that's just a, a given. No matter what you do, you need some experience there. Um, yeah, I, I say experience in computer science and, like, adaptability. That's, that's the other thing. You have to be able to learn quickly and, and change. Um, I guess, the, yeah, those are the probably biggest two things that I've picked up on recently. Okay. Marshall? I don't know. What, what else? Do you have Marshall? any thoughts? Oh, is he gone? Did we oh, lose sorry. him? Oh, sorry. No, I'm back. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just... I don't know if you already covered this, but especially now when we're... When unemployment rates are going up because of the coronavirus, it's, it's a little bit problematic having all these jobs being taken over by AI. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Because, I mean, the impact of the coronavirus is probably going to be at least a 10-year thing until everything's all said and done. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it depends on your skill set, right? Even um, in the past, you making money is dependent on your skill set. The more unique and the more, um, how would you say this, um, unattainable your skill set is, the better off you are in getting a job because you you are like high value, you're high value target, right? And companies want you. But if you if you can do something that's um, that everyone else can do, and is easy, re easily replaceable by AI, it doesn't right. really matter. Like you're not un you're unskilled not gonna... workers and stuff. Yeah, right. 
Yeah, so it, it depends on your right. skills. So anyone listening, develop your skills, keep learning, <laughs> right? Do do whatever you can. L- listen time, listen to the Pond podcast to, to learn of some, learn some can, cool things, of course. Yeah, we, <laughs> we have a start unique your own skill podcast set. that we hope you don't, that we, we don't want rivaling us. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do need That's media true. people, so uh, hit us up on... But you, yeah, if, anyone, if you'd podcast. like to be become a member of the Pond Podcast, just let us know. We're uh, we're still looking for for new blood, as they say in the business. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh meat. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Ryan, um, though, Ryan A, what do you think about? I I don't know. What do you think about AI and jobs? Because you asked the question. <laughs> I mean, okay, honestly. I am not 100% sure because on one hand, like, you know, we have all this amazing technology, which is giving everyone so many more opportunities and making things far, far cheaper than they ever have been before. But at the same time, like, as as we were talking about with the, you know, unskilled workers pretty much being, like, almost completely replaced by uh, AI, like, what what is going to happen to all of those people who would have otherwise been doing these jobs that have been have been replaced because we don't like we don't really know we've never really seen something to this scale before like i know people have talked about like the industrial revolution and things like that as a corollary to ai but i don't necessarily think that's the case because when you come up with new machines or things like that there's still a need for people to you know operate the machines and to to do different uh, jobs with them whereas with AI you can quite literally take an entire team of people and replace it with like what two programmers maybe and a manager like I, I think that's easier what <laughs> I mean yeah but just like we I, I don't think there's really a good or right answer to this because we just have never seen anything quite like this before so I think it'll just be interesting to see how it plays out yeah I think I mean, I'm going to go rant a little bit about our school system. Um, <laughs> I I think we need to start developing these skills early on. Because I, well, right now I'm I'm tutoring um, younger kids, right? And they, they go to school in like inner city LA, right? Their their education may not be as good as some private schools, right? Like the, like the ones we go to. So um, one thing I did notice is they don't really have access to a lot of technology, and that might be a problem considering we are moving through a intense uh, technology phase in our lives, right? Um, and they don't know how to interact with their devices. Like, they don't know how to use um, Microsoft Word. I'm sure most of you listeners listening know how to use Microsoft Word, but they don't know how to use Microsoft Word. They don't know how to share right. screen on Zoom, right? They don't know how to mute or unmute. They don't know how to leave breakout rooms, right? And that's a really big right. problem. I think people need to teach them. Like, I know my old middle school, I, I didn't really think about this, but they, they physically taught us, here's how you save a document on Word. Here's how you make a new page. All these different things, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. These are really important skills to learn. Yeah, and, and even we had a typing class in elementary school. Yeah. Um, but, like, a lot of people it. don't get that. And you don't realize how useful that is until you see people who didn't learn that or didn't have that skill set. That's true. Because it, it, it's hard to, like you know, improve on that, but it's such an important skill to have. It seems so simple, but like being able to, you know, use a technology effectively is such an important part of literally anything that you do. Um, so any minor 
disadvantages can compound. But the problem with um, the reason Ryan, you were saying that they don't know how to use Word, Excel, Zoom, and that kind of stuff. But part of that is that those those are pretty expensive, and public yeah. public schools like don't have the budget. So as technol as technology becomes more accessible. Prices are probably going to go down, but they really have to go down so that they're more well, available to public schools. I mean, there's that. Well, Word was a more specific example. That's more professional. But, like, even Google Docs, right, or Google Drive or just the Google browser, right, the kids didn't know how to make a new tab. I said, oh, yeah, just make a new tab, right, and they didn't know how to do that, which is astonishing to me. Um, and I do agree. I feel like we do yeah, overestimate people's like we we take for granted what we've learned the skills we've learned and like how important those are we think it's just natural but exactly some people are just so much disadvantaged and it's difficult to see that right and i i think it's well google google chrome google drive um those are all free applications of course you need a device um and the schools when schools nowadays um are implementing like iPad distribution, right? Small computer distribution. They have computer labs, of course, right? I feel like there should be, like, um, I don't know, a, a better course. Maybe it's just the kids that I've worked with and they're younger. Um, I know some schools have, like, labs, uh, tech lab uh, classes where they, they teach them how to do this stuff. But, yeah, Google Chrome is, is free to everyone. You can go in Google Docs. You can write. You can do whatever you want on there. You have all the Google stuff that's similar to uh, the Microsoft Office. Um, and it's just like everyone should have the opportunity to learn it. Um, and it, it should just be like part of you. Just, just like you learn how to read and write, you need to learn how to use a device. Because, I mean, reading and writing is based... I mean, typing is basically reading and writing, but on computers. And right. it, it's so fundamental. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure if it's mandatory um, for school curriculum to have technology classes. I'm not. I'm not sure. It, it I, might be I the case. And I don't just believe that it is. At well, least in just most, not many, most cases. Yeah. There's not many technology teachers. Yeah, that's that's you, true. I also, because it's so learn, new. Like it's. You, yeah. Like if the, you learn yeah. technology, and then you can either go and do like work for a company or you can get paid very low wage of being a teacher why would you choose that route unless you have like an actual passion for teaching which a lot of yeah. people do but not but then, exactly but then you might become a college professor or at least right. an expensive high school teacher like there's there's not enough of them to justify going to all levels of of schooling i guess that's where like websites that's like Khan true. academy teachers come are still in still underpaid as it is Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, but that's still pretty recent. Khan Academy is very recent, especially, yeah. like, its involvement with the SAT and College Board. That's very, very recent. You still have to learn how to get to Khan Academy, too. That's the other thing. Like, right. well, not you just how to get to it, you have to, to, to know that it exists. You have like, to know, yeah. like, no, a kid yeah. won't just know that, like, that's a valuable resource. They wouldn't be able to find it. Like, they, that, they have to be actively taught that that is something that you should look out for and use. Like, it's not just a, you know, it's just some random thing on the internet that's no one's going to hear about unless they look for it or someone shows them about yeah. it. There's, there's right. no how-to manual for the internet, which is 
quite actually there kind of is google has like a a search support but like no one knows that exists i don't think yeah again (laughs) if you don't know it exists then it can't help you like (laughs) yeah it's the same same problem so well we have we have our we have a problem and we have our million dollar idea easy right oh yes that's right the pawn podcast guide to the internet no um (laughs) yes (laughs) easy yeah i mean i i i guess it's at the moment of course it's out of our control it's definitely something that um school administration should push across and i don't know if they're realizing this or if they're just like not doing anything about it um yeah like 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 you said, Marshall, um, a lot of the skills that we have, we take for granted, like typing. Um, yeah, making a new tab is just like so basic. <laughs> it's like flipping a page for us. It does. We don't even think about it. Um, but yeah. Well, another thing, another thing too, just about like a little bit more, I guess, advanced version of that is just like computer science. Because I know we were talking about how valuable that is, just as a right. thing that we learn, like. I would argue it's just as, if not more valuable than any of the base, uh, um, you know, uh, what are they called? Subjects that we learn in school, like English, history, math, science. I would argue that it's It's at minimum just as valuable. Um, And yet it's not really taught to any extent until college or at most one or two classes in high school. Like we, we go to a very strong private high school um and i believe we have one computer science class that is available to seniors and that's it like it's not it, like that, that's it too, it's just yeah, oh yeah 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 but um basically only seniors. for for such a valuable skill the fact that it's only taught to essentially college students just gives people such a disadvantage because it's hard to learn something it's that funny. you've just been exposed to for four years of your life and then you have to go into the job market like that's a little crazy. Yeah, what was... Well, Almanine, you, you do a lot of... Sorry, Ryan Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little biased. I'm a little biased because I am a computer science person, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what, what was your first experience with computer science? Like mine, um, I, I think I was in middle school and I was taught like scratch and it's just like building blocks, right? So what was your first experience? Because you, you were a big computer science person. Right, so I got really really lucky like really lucky because when i was i don't know like i think i was eight i went to i was at a cousin's house actually and one of my cousins who was in high school at the time was taking a computer science class and he had made i don't really remember specifically what it made but he pretty much made like a texting program like a messaging program on in batch that so that like and he showed it to me and showed me that like you know we could like send messages to each other secretly through his system um and then he kind of showed me like oh i i you know programmed this and he showed me the code and i had no idea what it meant obviously but i just thought that that was so incredibly cool that he like made a program and i was like oh my god i want to do this so i got home and my parents ordered a little like an intro i think it was called oh boy it's called Hello World Intro to Python Programming for Children and Other Beginners, I believe was the full title. Uh, it's just this little, or this not little book, but it's a pretty big book, but it's like this green green cover. I think it has a little globe on it or something like that. And I just remember that I was a very obsessive kid. Like I would just 
decide that I wanted to do something and then that would be the only thing I would work on for like months. So I just kind of sat down and like forced myself through that book. And honestly, I only understood like half of it, but it was enough to get me started. And once you kind of, once you've passed that initial barrier, it's a lot easier to just learn things on your own from the internet or from other things. And then eventually I did start taking uh, classes. But I, I really just think that we're missing that initial push in our school system because kids aren't even exposed to anything. Again, like we were saying until like late high school minimum. So even if it's something that you're super interested in or really good at, you won't know about it until it's really late. You know what I'm saying? Like I just got, I just got lucky. Like there was no, it was no, uh, you know, it was, there was no plan. Like it just, it just kind of happened that I got, you know, lucky with, with finding out that it was something that I was interested in. But I just think that it's so, it's kind of sad that just like, I mean, kids don't have that opportunity if they don't, you know, get that lucky. Right. I mean, if you look, we were talking earlier about the future of AI and we need people like, we need to be teaching kids computer science so that they can be the next generation of innovators and programmers to help us like, you know, just advance in terms of technology and if kids aren't even getting taught until they need like very, very far to like ask the scale of education being high school or maybe in your case, getting lucky knowing someone else, like that's just not practical. Yeah. Yeah. And I think some people would argue like, oh, kids don't know what they want to do. But at the same time, well, schools, schools will teach you English. Well, in America, they'll teach you English. They'll teach you math like arithmetic um they'll teach you a basics um history class a science class they'll, they'll give you the fundamentals and the skills so that later in life you can choose to do what you what you want like right. if we were not taught at all to read i don't i don't know if like you think about this a, a lot but since i work with like young kids who don't know how to read everything they do they it's a struggle for them they need someone to help them because they can't read anything everything is written in writing if that makes sense <laughs> You have to read to do everything. Um, yeah. So that's that's very tough for them, right? And if you don't know how to read, you're not going to get through through life um, as easily, of course, as someone who knows how to read. Same with math, right? And if you teach computer science or even a basic level of problem solving, like in Scratch, then kids later have a foundation to build off of if they choose to pursue that. Well, I mean, I'm sure most people will have to in the future. That's That's one of the only options now. Or big developing options, I guess. Yeah. Well, one other thing I think too, and, and I guess this is kind of a little bit off topic, but just talking about like computer science education for mainly younger students is that there's, I mean, okay, again, I'm not an expert on this by any means. Uh, I have not taken many formal computer science classes. Like I'm not in college or anything. So I again, I this. M- my opinion on this is is not that validated, but I I have kind of noticed something that bothers me a little bit, which is that a lot of the classes, or not just classes, but like introductory classes, like online or, um, you know, like Ucode and things like that, um, they kind of market themselves as teaching people how to program um, and teaching people computer science, but then I, I would argue that one of the core, if not the core, 
like fundamental part of computer science and programming is the problem solving aspect of it. Like you have to be put into a situation in which you don't necessarily know how to solve a problem and then you have to figure it out. But I feel like a lot of these classes, they kind of just skip over that aspect and instead they kind of just focus on like, you know, uh, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know if you guys have done the hour of code things before. Um, I mean, that was my uh, only experience with right, but literally with the, computer science. The hour of code, literally, <laughs> One hour. Just, they like it's, it's kind of astonishing just how like they tell you like, oh yes, drag this block here or something. Like it, it just it's not a it's not a uh, issue of problem solving or learning programming. It's just an it's just a test of how well you can follow instructions, um, which yeah, is I, mean, I I actually kind of I'm kind of realizing that now you're kind of spot on. Yeah, because it's like, again, I, I understand, you know, it's trying to get people interested, but I don't, I don't think it does. It's not enjoyable enough to get people interested, and it's not educational enough to get people to actually learn how to program. So I think, and again, I, I know that that's easy for me to critique, you know, from being on the outside, but like, I do think that there's a really big problem with computer science. It's just that people, it's so new that people aren't good at teaching it yet. It doesn't, it's not a subject which works well with like the traditional teaching methods of getting memorization and um you know like just facts and things like that like before the actual critical thinking and problem solving aspect of it because that is the core of computer science um so i think that traditional teaching methods just don't work as well with cs and they do with many other topics and that's a problem because it makes people think that computer science is either so hard to learn or they just don't want to get started because they don't know how they don't know the right way to a better way to learn how to program you know like i don't know if that makes sense that was kind of a ramble but do you guys get what i'm saying yeah i mean yeah that was the same thing for me like i my first well it wasn't really first real experience but i was i was doing bot ball and this it's like a robotics competition right (laughs) um and (laughs) I was I was on this team, this like self-made team, right? And and we went to these workshops, right, where they were teaching you. I say teaching in quotes. They were teaching you C, uh, robot C, right? Oh, um, <laughs> and I really didn't understand what was. I had no idea what was going on. They were just saying things, and then they were like, "Yeah, just follow along." I had no idea. Like I don't remember anything to this day of what happened in that class. I just remember like putting in numbers, and I think. We were supposed to have a semicolon at the end of each line. I don't even Yo. know. Okay. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's about it. Um, but so that was that was a, a weird experience, right? But uh, one thing I do want to mention is right now I'm taking a web programming class, right? And it, it's completely different in the way that I've done any programming class. I thought it was going to be like awful and I have to self-learn, right? I mean, a lot of it is self-learning, but... Well, I mean, that's um, that's that's programming. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. Like, so, like there's, this, this... there's a running joke that, like, professional... Or that, like, junior developers, whenever they start working, they, like, are surprised by the fact that even the senior developers are, like, always looking stuff up on Stack Overflow and can't do anything without the internet. Like, it... I mean, yeah. That's that's a thing. It's not, it's not just for beginners. <laughs> But, um, the, I mean, the class is very structured. So there, there's, like, a required book, right? And then for homework, we're supposed to read a couple chapters, right? And you can kind of skim through it. It'll, it'll give you certain HTML elements that you need to, need to know and how to include them, right? 
And you don't need to pay much attention until you start doing it. Because on projects or assignments, the teacher will ask you, okay, make this website with these elements and make them work together. And that's how you really learn something because you have to physically interact with the material. And that's, I found that to be really effective. And I mean, now, now I know what to do. It's, it's, it was tough at the beginning because it was new, of course. But now that I've started to get into the rhythm of it, it's really comfortable to learn. Um, and I think that format is the best where you're given some information that you, you keep in your mind, um, but then that information is reinforced in practice. Um, and yeah. I don't know many programs like that. Yeah, no, that's that's like exactly what I'm talking about. Like that kind of thing is what makes you actually learn. Like You have to do it for yourself. Otherwise, you just won't understand it because there, there's a difference between someone telling you what to do and someone telling you why you should do it or what the end goal is and then you filling in the pieces backwards which i think is the the valuable way to learn computer science um, i think that's a valuable way to learn everything oh yeah to learn honestly that's fair but just it's, it's a little bit harder i guess with some other subjects than yeah. it is with computer science um right um i i guess the hard part is like also wait, sorry what is what is your course kids. i know you said html but is it html css javascript or is it just like so the the course is is written as um intro to web programming okay so um, i'm assuming javascript html so html css i'm not sure if we're gonna do javascript it sounds like we might at the I, end. I would assume that you would do javascript at the end yeah that, that would make sense yeah so um but it's it's mainly a foundation course no um, that's great though that's like intro. that's yeah perfect because once again once you get that you know first step for you know you get you get past the first little hill then it gets so so much easier um, right but I, just getting past that first step level. is hard <laughs> yeah i i think what's disappointing is like it's it's marketed as a college level course but this is something you can definitely teach to to um younger kids in middle school maybe maybe like seventh and eighth grade you can push it to sixth but you can simplify it you can pick something easier and you can lengthen it, right? You don't have to jam it in like six weeks. You can put it over <laughs> a year or two years. Yeah. Um, and I legitimately think kids will be able to like program on their own without any issues. I mean, yeah, well, that okay, um, that's the whole thing with when, when people say a college level computer science class, that really means nothing intro, because I mean. it's, yeah, it's like, it's like if you never were taught math in school, and then you had a class on arithmetic in college because you'd never been taught math be before. It yeah. Then it's college level. Like that doesn't, you know, like that doesn't mean that it's, it's, you're unable to teach it to younger kids at all. Like I, I, yeah, I would actually totally agree with that, that even kids in elementary school are perfectly capable of learning maybe a slightly simplified version of uh, a lot of these intro classes. Scratch yeah. I mean, Scratch is, is so great. Good. Scratch is amazing because it, it removes, like, a lot of people, when they first see programming, they kind of get scared off by, you know, all the brackets and indentation and, like, you know, having to remember Semi-colons. each word and stuff. Like but Scratch is amazing because it, it just, it gets rid of that for you. It's literally just, you know, drag and drop and you can, you're still doing everything that you would do with programming. Like, it's still, it doesn't hand anything to you. You still have to do problem solving and understand scopes and syntax and everything like that. But it's just, it's it makes it easier to get that first step again, like getting over the first little hill. Um, it's a great program. Well, 
Okay, it looks like our our uh, connection, our our call service Discord has went down uh, for all of us. Um, so I, I guess we're just gonna end the episode off here. Um, yeah, so make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Pond Podcast. Uh, check us out on Spotify and iTunes um, for more episodes. Um, yeah, I guess I'll <laughs> I'll say goodbye to them for you. All right, see ya.